Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by Ladbrokes. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is Bretta. G'day, Corey. Good to be back for another quick fire podcast. And quick fire is the uh, way we're going to go with it. So, moving on very quickly to the third member of the team, Bonfa. Welcome. Choo choo! That's right, brother. The Bombs Express is back. And uh, yep, we've got a quick fire podcast today, and we'll be covering the Melbourne Demons and the North Melbourne Kangaroos. But before we get stuck into those uh, lineups, uh, Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Also, find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and the iTunes store at Supercoach Elite. And boys, we will be starting with Melbourne, and we'll get straight into it. Bombs, your rookie. Slash catch Yep, the rookie I'm, I'm looking at is the one we all started with last year because uh, he was named round one, and his name is Joel Smith. So we've got a 22-year-old uh, player here who predominantly plays off the halfback flank, um, can play a little bit bigger than his uh, sort of size as well. And he is available as a defender mid, which uh, gives us a little bit of added flexibility, not that I think we'll need it, um, but I guess it's always good to have that extra option there. Um, and I think what we get in this guy is uh, someone who could potentially line up again in, in round one, and I'm ready to take the punt on him. Uh, 16 minutes into his debut game, he went down with that shoulder injury, which took him out for most of the year. And he was on 23, essentially halfway through uh, the first quarter um, in round one last year. He did come back for another two games and did score poorly in those two games. But, um, you know, I'll give him a fresh start uh, for next year. And if he's there kind of round one at 152K, I will take the punt on him. I think the real worry with Smith at the moment is kind of if Lever's now just going to go straight into that role. Uh, and we may not, well, you might find it hard to get some game time, but he's my rookie at this stage too, simply because he has played before. Defensive mid, nicely priced. I think you'll see most teams kind of almost running with him if he's named round one. Uh, Bretta, how'd you go? Uh, the exact same. I'm tracking both you guys. He was a nice pick for 25 minutes last year, and then, of course, got injured, came back, tried his best, but... I think the other thing to keep in mind is if he's named round one, you pick him. And if it goes horribly wrong and you can't somehow get him out of your team because of injuries galore, he does have that defensive midfield swing, which I guess at times doesn't come in hand. does come in handy if you've got a, uh, a defensive midfielder yeah, well, floating around. Sure. And yeah, and I think you ran with him all year last yeah, year, Yeah, he's a for the whole yeah. season and he come back late, which was look, look really, really handy. Great value for me. So yeah, um, I think it's as simple as if he plays, you pick him. Yeah. Works well. Uh, Mid price, that bonds will start with you. I'm pretty sure we know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, we all know where this one's going. Uh, Christian Petrak. Ah. Uh, now let's have a look at him. Let's have a look at it now. Before I get, uh, you know, really sort of jumped on my back here, but um, yeah, I had this bloke as uh, quickly, just to... quickly, boys. I'm just going to put my uh, headset down for the next 20 minutes, and I'll come back when Bonf is finished. <laughs> you might want to put it down for 25, mate, because I've got a few more stats for you today. Um, but Christian Petrak, look. His first year, we know what happened in his first year. He was rubbed out for a year uh, due to the knee injury, but he, he did he come out and he averaged uh, in the 70s in his first year of football and took that up to 78 last year. Last year, he had a you know increase, I think, role in centre bounces. He was up 7% on the uh, previous year, which is good, and I really only see that going up. And I firmly believe that if Melbourne are going to progress as a team, make finals and make an impact, that they need to move this bloke from the half-forward uh, flank straight into the guts. And uh, I'm relatively confident that this can happen. Um, now, I did a little bit more research. Now, every time this bloke touched the ball 20 times last year, he did that nine times, which doesn't sound like a great amount, but let's keep in mind the role he was playing last year. But every time he touched the ball at least 20 times uh, in nine games, his average was 89.8. 
And uh, I don't know about you boys, but I'll back him to touch the ball uh, at least 20 times. And uh, if he's priced at an average of 78 and he can pretty much score 90 um, from 20 touches, then I'll back him to raise his average by at least 12 points uh, this year. Are you currently running him? Oh, I am currently not running him, no. Okay, cool. Only Brett because I like Barlow better. Yeah, I'll just put that in there. Yep, Brett up, Petrarca. Yeah, I know I know. we gave him a bit of uh, flack. I'm talking Bonfa when he said he was considering Petrarca, but it's not a terrible pick, and I do think he has the potential to break into that top 6-4 group at some stage this year. But like Bonfa, and I'm guessing like you, Corey, I won't be starting with him, but it's just a matter of when, uh, not if. Christian Petrarca makes it into our sides this year, next year, year after. Was he a mid-pricer? He was, yep. Yeah, I definitely, I'm not starting with him, but I really do like it. He's definitely my mid-pricer as well. Um, he's the only Melbourne mid-pricer that I seriously liked, and we'll get onto the Brayshaw topic of conversation in a second, but I think you can't go wrong. I think we're going to see a real increase of uh, midfield minutes. I think his ability to win the ball and, and be classy. I mean, Melbourne have a lot of similar type of players, um, but I think Petrarca's got that real power and strength. And uh, I, Yeah, I think he'll be definitely top six forward um, come into the year. So I probably should have stayed that, say that for my outlandish statement, but I think Petrarca <laughs> will, uh, will make his way in there. However, hey, can I give you one more? Or... Yeah, go, go for it. Well, you, it was, sorry, you just triggered me when you said he's really good one-on-one. Did you boys know he's actually the second-best one-on-one player behind Patrick Dangerfield in one-on-one contests? Danger Did was not the only know that. one better than him last year in one-on-one Fax contests. Bonfer. Back, Fax Bonfer, yeah, coming yeah. around. Probably, probably the only bloke in the AFL with calves the size of... I mean, with hammies the size of Paddy Dangerfield as well. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's big legs down, down there in that Petrarca, big tree trunk legs. So, yeah, it's a lot of power, and I just think... I'd love to start with him. I just don't have the balls, but I think he's going to be a great pick come the end of the year. He's, he's like Heaney last year. He's that same price, same sort of thoughts, and it's just like no one's going to pull the trigger. Yeah. I rate it if you do, but I just think if you get it wrong early, you're a little bit behind the eight ball, like, and it's probably too yeah. risky to go Petrarca and Barlow. So I think just keep That's one fair. or the other, and I'd probably just weigh up who I like better. But for me, it's Michael Barlow. Um, but yeah, premiums, boys. Now, this is going to be a big topic of conversation. Uh, Bonds, we'll kick over to you first. Your Melbourne premium. My Melbourne premium. Um, I I currently have a few of them uh, in my team, two of them, to be precise. But uh, I think the one that's kind of like the non-negotiable just because of the price for me is uh, is obviously Max Gorn. Um, I've come up with, a, with an interesting stat here about Max Gorn. Um, you know, he's played six years of footy, boys. How many times, this is just a question, so I'm going to put you on the spot, but how many times in those six years do you think he's played more than 13 games? Twice. Once. And that was only in his All-Australian year. And I couldn't believe it when I saw that. Um, and, he's, and his next best uh, tally of games is 13, and he's done that three times. Um, and only and only one year of, of 22. So um, and that was the year he was he was all Australian and had that 118 uh, average. It's a horrendous stat, but I think at 500,000 and and this is kind of you know for people out there who won't select Gorn, I think that that's a really important stat actually because if we're looking you know to run possibly Nick Nat um, as as ruck two if he's named round one, 
does Nick Nat and Gorn become that become like a, a matchup that's in, just too risky? Um, but for me, I think that the upside with Gorn at five hundred and three k, there's just too much upside for me to ignore that. So I'm definitely going to be starting with Gorn uh, for the year, and, and I don't think we're going to have a problem with a, a secondary ruckman. I think Fitzpatrick is absolutely. Wait, is it was Fitzpatrick delisted or something at the end of the year? Yeah, he yeah. went to Hawthorne, didn't he? Yeah, it was. Oh, oh no, no, not. No, nah, you thinking of someone? Eric Spencer. Yes. Spencer, Spencer, was he delisted? I don't know. Who is? What did something happen to him? The backup. Spencer. Oh, Camp, Camp Pedersen. Camp Pedersen plays rugby. Yeah, Pedersen. Pedersen was the one that came in, but I think they actually delisted uh, Spencer, they may and that yeah. was the concern in picking Gorn. Um, we might need to get that one checked out, but um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was around. But anyways, um, yeah, Cam Pedersen. I'm not concerned by Cam Pedersen because I think he plays that forward ruck role beautifully and allows Gorn to spend the majority of time uh, in the actual ruck, which is, um, yeah, pretty awesome, I think. They, co- they, they coexisted perfectly the back end of last year. Didn't affect Yeah, them. look, yeah. All right, look, and I really did. And look, I don't know if you boys saw at the start of the week, um, but did you see um, Big Max Gorn? Uh, he released his top five favourite songs. Did you, did you guys see that? I haven't seen Oh, no, it. what's this leading to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just kind of saying that he is just an all-round good guy. And if you if you ever look at some of the songs uh, that that he kind of selected, I mean, that he had some absolute belters on there. You know, some really obscure type uh, songs as well. And and I really <sighs> like those oddballs in my team as well. But you guys would never believe what came in at number one. Like if I told you, I'm not even sure what, you know what the song is. But do you remember the song Vitamin C Friends Forever? You know oh, what is that? Song? You know that graduation song? What is wrong with this? Where are we going? No. Here? Where are we going? <laughs> All right, where are we going here? All right, well, boys, I've got, got a little special treat for you, right? This, this is, is for Max Gorn. But Vitamin C, Friends Forever. That's that song where it's like, you know, can we go on? Dun, dun. You know that song? <laughs> yeah, you know that song? So what I've done, boys, yeah, I've put together a little Gorn parody for you. How do you oh, feel about that? This is not going to go well. I'm terrified. What are you about that? Here we go. All right, all right. So here we go. This is, uh, this is, uh, this is what they call the... Bombs parody specials or something like that. All right, so this is what this is how I feel about Gorn. All right, and this is going to be the song for my end of season trip probably too. Here we go, and uh, and at the start of this song, just before the chorus, they always say, "And this is how I feel." All right, but we're going to change it all. all right? <laughs> and this is how I super coach as we edit our preseason teams. There's only one lock. That's a guarantee. <laughs> His name is Max Gorn at 503k. Just select it so you can underpay. Give Bombs a clap there, mate. What a performance. Look at that. That is a segment that will never return ever again. Boy, Ed. Speechless. Absolutely. uh, Speechless. <laughs> the parody that I put together. Look, the key message is right. As you see, there's a few key words in there. He's a lock. He's a guarantee. Uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna trade him out. He's 503k, and you and you got to make sure that um, you, you know you pay, you underpay for him because uh, you know he's gonna come in. He's gonna absolutely smash it this year. I reckon Gorney. He's uh, he's coming back, and for the second time in his career, he's gonna play 22 games. I'm confident. If someone cool. out there knows Max Gorn, he needs to hear. <laughs> What the Bombs Express is singing for him. Well, I reckon he'd love it. I'd reckon he'd love oh. it. He, he might take, he might rechange his top five favorite. Top five, songs. yeah. That's his new he, one. Yeah, he might just put that one, slot that one in there at number one. Get it as a ringtone. Yeah, why not? 
Really, so there we go. I hope the elitist community knows how lucky they are to get <laughs> first take. Oh, I'll tell you, the, uh, the vocals, I'll tell you what, boys, little did you know, I had to do all the vocal training and all that sort of stuff just before we uh, came up with the podcast podcast here too. So um, don't be surprised if you see me on X Factor next year uh, singing my own songs, Waste, not other people's songs, singing my own. On this, on this show, Bons, you really need to go. <laughs> To bigger and better things. Uh, Britta, I don't know how you topped that, mate, but who's your premium? Hey, I'm just trying to recover here, boys. Um, Cl- Clary Oliver. I'm going to go. I'm going with Clary Oliver because I could have been like Bombs. And just done the, the predictable. Look, I do. I do. But uh, you're going to have to sign up to Supercoach Elite's premium, which will cost you $99.99 uh-huh. 99 a month. And uh, yeah, that'll come out on there. I can't be doing it live on the show. I just bought my reports on that. Just don't have it in me. Don't have it in me. It's not in my contract. So, but yeah, Clayton Oliver. Look, Gorn's, Gorn's the obvious pick, but um, I know Bonfa said he's running two premiums. Um, I'm guessing Clayton Oliver's not one of those two because I don't think he's a big fan. Um, Clayton Oliver for me. Uh, I'm absolutely had him in my team. He's not really budged too much. I think my second draft, he came in and hasn't really moved since. I think if you look purely at his numbers and take away the name Clayton Oliver, just look at the stats and put him to any other premier midfielder, the dude's a lock. Like Consistency is just there. 30 touches pretty much every week. Lays tackles, big body. I mean, he can only really go up from here. 111 average last year. He's 20 years old. Um, I don't really see much changing. He's kind of that that player that's not a line breaker. He's an inside, get the ball, get it out kind of player. They don't really tag those two heavily. So that's one one thing I'm not worried about. Clayton Oliver, as consistent as it gets with upside to burn. And I just think he's a fantastic pick, even at that 612,000 mark I think he's at. Does Petrarca's potential midfield increase minutes worry you with Clary? Nah, they're two different players. Clary Oliver's a ball winner, Petrarca's a line breaker, so I think Oliver's role and time in the midfield won't change too much. Bons, what's your thoughts on Clary? Well, my thoughts are, I've never seen a second player, um, or second year player, not that I can remember off the top of my head anyway, but average 111. Um, so he's, he's got some rare feet uh, there. But... Um, my thoughts on Clayton Oliver is that no, I'm, I'm staying away from it because I prefer the security in names such as Zach Merritt, Tom Mitchell, Dustin Martin. Um, you know, I probably even prefer Matt Crouch over Clayton Oliver as well. Like Nat Five, Pendlebury. I prefer the security in those names than uh, Clayton Oliver. But I mean, look, if you sol- if you selected him, um, I mean, what are the odds that he sort of goes underneath 100? He, he probably will go above 100 again. I just. Uh, I just, I just don't know if I can do it. Like, If he comes out and averages 110-plus again this year, he'd probably be one of the most selected players at the start of next year. Oh, oh yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And and that's when that's when I'd, I'd turn and, and really start supporting him. But at 20, like 111 second year, like it's nuts. Yeah. Oh, can you boys think of a player that's done that before? No, and that's why I'm so confident. He's no, so good. I, He's I, so good. I don't think he can back that up. I don't think he can have a good as year this year as he did last year. Hmm. But the things he did weren't, like, crazy special. It was just simple. Beat every contest and get the ball out. Most of his games where he had 30 touches, it was over 20 handballs in almost every game. Look at this. Round 23, 22 handballs. Round 22, 22 handballs. 21, 26 handballs. It's not like he's got to get bigger, faster, stronger. Like, it's like a Petraka. Like, he needs a role change or more explosiveness or more time on ball. He has everything he needs to do exactly what he did last year. Nothing changes. He's a beast. I actually do love the kid. He's such a good footballer. 
Um, I love there's a there's a nice photo of you and Clary Oliver yeah, that I've seen. I absolutely <laughs> love that photo. <laughs> and yeah, look at Britta's exactly right. Crayon. Oh, did you? Yep. Oh, that's right. You have too. Yeah, really I'm surprised you're not more of a fan now. He's like, really, really excited about missing yeah. out on Man Monday. <laughs> he's a good, he's a good bloke, Clay Dollar. A really top notch Aussie. So you wouldn't pick him. You wouldn't pick him with me. Do it. Get on board. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like it's a bit like the Bombs Express. It's like get on board or get run over, sort of yeah. thing. You know, it's that kind yeah. of vibe. Look, I, I can agree. I can agree with that because yeah, I certainly know how that kind of feels. Hey, and Brett, <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. I mean, he averaged thirty touches last year, but you know, twenty-two handballs was his average in that thirty touches and eight kicks. It was huge, and his contested uh, possession numbers were fifty-one and a half, which is just absolutely phenomenal. The competition average for someone uh, in the midfield is is forty-three percent contested, and he's running up fifty-one like that's huge. It's actually probably going to help Petrarca so much too because Clarity will just be in and under and just be feeding the likes of. You know, Petrarca, if he has that increased midfield time as well. And the ball winners you worry about getting hurt are the ones that explode away from contests. They're they're the big play guys. They're the ones that kind of, if they ping hamstrings, they get knocks, they get all that sort of stuff. Oliver's barely moving when he's in the middle. He does his little two, three meter dash, picks up the ball, feeds it out. Like that's, I just love everything about the Clayton Oliver pick. And I think it is such a safe pick. There's a lot of early Michael Voss in Clayton Oliver. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I haven't heard it before, but I do love that comparison. And can I say, last year, his minutes on ground, I mean, what would you expect uh, an AFL player that's running through the midfield in terms of, like, their minutes on ground? What would you expect it to be at? Is, that, is it usually 120 per game, so then less than that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd so say probably a midfielder like Clayton Oliver, probably 100, 105. Yeah. Only 95. Wow. Only 95. Wow. It's, yeah, it it seems quite tank. low. They, they actually have spoken about that, that his tank wasn't at the largest, but he was just so effective when he was out there. And you'd think that improves, because, uh, look, I've had yeah, a look 100%. over the other... I, I had a look at, um, you know, the other big boys in the competition, you know, your Dangerfields, your Ablets, your Tom Mitchells and that sort of stuff, and they're all running at, like, 105 minutes plus. So he's got 10 minutes less on ground, and he's pulled out that number. So you'd think with his tank going up as well, maybe he's got, a, you know, some more scope for improvement. It's, it's actually incredible what he did last year. I don't think we acknowledged it. Um, enough. Well, maybe Brett uh, was a little bit more on board than me and you, Corey. But um, yeah, I certainly didn't acknowledge it enough last year. What an effort he sort of put in because it was quite a Herculean. All right, let's stop talk- talking about Clary before I pick him. Um, my <laughs> my primo stupid. Um, I think that he's not going anywhere in my team. I think he'll finish as probably top two, top three down back. Um, I've got him in there early, just an elite ball user. And when you're kicking out to some of those names from the back line. I can't. I wouldn't be surprised if he finished the season as number one, um, and he's one much like like how you said with Gorn Bombs. He's one that I've selected and hasn't moved since. So um, Hibbert's the one for me. Thoughts, boys? Bombs. Oh, I'm with you 100. percent And you know how much I've been loving my fun facts lately. Um, he averaged like 27 touches a game, which is huge last year, and 546 uh, metres game. Now, that is on average. That is a huge stat. And I think that stat's going to become increasingly important. And we know that Supercoach sometimes, uh, the folks down at Champion Data, love to just scale things a certain way. And I think uh, scaling may come into effect when we speak about, um, you know, metres game and that sort of stuff. But Michael Hibbard was the only player, the only player in the AFL last year to have more, to have an average of more than 400 effective metres per game uh, gained. 
Like, so that's, you know, it's not like he's, you know, his meters gains a gain to just like kick down the line. It's a, you know, it's a neutral contest or it's turned over. When he uses the ball, the ball stays maintained. And if that turns into, you know, some really good offensive play from Melbourne, uh, his score involvements are going to be through the roof. His meters gains are going to continue to be through the roof. He'll continue to touch it, continue to take marks, continue to get rebounds from 50. I think he's... He's honestly the only one I can see uh, taking Laird down for the number one uh, defender this year. I'm a real big fan of him. But... I reckon champion data did him dirty last year. You reckon? I thought 27 touches a game and dominating with meters gained and like was barely scraping 100. Those, you just put those numbers out there, man. That is that's harsh. Yeah. Look, it, it, it may have been harsh, but um, look, it, I guess it, it is what it is, isn't it? Like... Um, oh, I don't expect him to get any worse, uh, put, put it that way. I think Jaden Hunt's rise, though, may have uh, cost him a little bit. Maybe just Melbourne's rise in general. Because we all know there's limited points per game, isn't there? Uh, 3,300 yeah, or whatever the, whatever the total is. So there's only so many points that can go out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, Brett, you got anything else to add on Hibbard? No, love it all. Uh, your, what are we calling it? Um, uh, the outlandish statement. statement. Thank you. Bonds start here. Um, I'm going to piss Brett off. So Petrarca to, to finish better than Clayton Oliver in the best and fairest. Bretta? Clayton Oliver to outscore Scott Pendlebury by 10 points per game. <laughs> it's I'm his running that team. I'm yeah, running that team. Everyone is just... Is that what you're going to just do every <laughs> podcast? Yeah, every podcast, right? <laughs> Scott Pendlebury. I love Pendles. Absolutely love season. Pendles. Just looks like you've made the call of the year. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. But yeah, I, I just... It. Petrarca finishes yeah. top six. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, good. I like it. I think that's probably the one I go with. I reckon I've had almost every forward in the top six so far as well. So I can't really, <laughs> can't really be ripping on Brett. Um, bound to get one of them right though that's the thing yeah. alright the Melbourne podcast went for a little bit longer than we thought that means that North Melbourne podcast is going to go for double that uh, boys <laughs> Brett I will start with you North Melbourne's rookie uh, Davis Uniaki. I think that's how you say his name I hope that's how you say his name I think he's Davis the obvious pick yeah. simply there we go close enough um, I th- he's going to play he's just he was a good ball winner in the under-18s. He's a high pick. The price isn't horrible. Um, and North Melbourne are so thin, like in just talents in general. And I think it's just a no-brainer to pick him. Good ball user too. Like it wouldn't actually surprise me if, you know, he went a little bit higher than he did, like even if he went pick one. Um, but yeah. I think I think Rayner was clear-cut pick one. But Davies Juniak, he's not far off. The guy's a talent. He's playing for North Melbourne. He's getting getting opportunities for bombs. I'll pick LDU because um, he's going to be playing for North Melbourne. But I mean, I, I just don't know if he's uh, as good as everyone's hyping him up to be. To like to be completely fair, the one I'm going to pick is uh, Paul Ahern. Um, I think this one's the absolute obvious pick. Mid forward, one twenty three k, ex number seven pick for the Giants was traded to uh, North two years back for pick sixty nine. Now he was traded there knowing, and North Melbourne knew that he would be out for a year. So I think they did that deal uh, just knowing that in two years they're going to have something pretty special. And uh, I'm pretty sure a couple of weeks back we um, we retweeted a, a clip of a Hearn running through you know the back flank and delivering that ball inside 50, and it was just it just looked absolutely beautiful that piece of play, didn't it? But um, in 2015 when he was playing the EFL footy, he averaged 23 touches, uh, 
and just about five inside 50s a game with, with four clearances to go with that. But what really impressed me uh, in terms of statistics from the Neifel was um, he, got, he went at 76.5% disposal efficiency. Now, that's an elite, it really is an elite number. And uh, if we know what Supercoach values uh, or champion not a value, they really uh, value being able to retain uh, possession of the ball. Yes, he's coming off two re- knee recos. Um, but I think North traded him for a bag of chips, and uh, they're going to be the big winners uh, out of this one. I, I firmly believe he'll be there from round one, and he will. Well, I'll save my Atlantic statement for later. We'll leave it there. Just to let you know, it was a bag of chips and a pack of twisties as well. So. And yeah, a pack of the twisties, yeah. Yep, sorry. Um, Cheese or I'm... chicken? Oh. No, the new Perry Perry. So. Oh, a bit spicy. A bit spicy. Um, mine was a Hearn, uh, but I'm going to go with another one to keep an eye out for down back, and that's Alex Morgan, the ex bomber. So just keep an eye out for this guy. He was picked 29 back in 2015. Quick, pretty good ball user, and I think uh, he'll find a role in that off that halfback flank for uh, North at some stage throughout this year. So. You know, just that kind of mature head. Still still a young lad, um, but I think that he'll, yeah, definitely get a go throughout 2018. Your mid-pricer, please, Bretta. Uh Ben Jacobs. I know it's a bit of a strange one. Um, North don't usually offer great value in Supercoach, but he's extremely cheap for a guy who's 26 years old. Um, the stat I really don't like has an averaged over 65 before. Uh, oh, actually, he has 65.5. Uh, played seven games last year, only average 52, but he's cheap as chips. He's going to play, and I think if he was ever going to increase that average, this will be the year for him simply because of opportunity, which will be plentiful at North Melbourne. Uh, Bons, sorry. Um, well, I have to preface this by saying I'm not encouraging this pick, nor am I encouraging any North Melbourne, I think, player that's, I guess, valued over 200,000. But um, Luke McDonald uh, went from 60... Here's my play. He went from 63 in 2016, 63 average, up to 83 last year, which um, actually surprised me a little bit. But I guess reviewing his scores, um, he had... Uh, you know, he had nine games last year where he had underneath 20 touches. But if we focus on the games where he had, you know, 20 touches uh, or more, he had five tons in that um, and also four scores of above 90 plus. Um, and in total last year, even the games he had underneath, um, you know, 20 touches, he only had four games that, that were sub-70. So, um, you know, can he go again? I remember him in his debut year, we were all on him because he, he was such a good cash cow. And then the year after, he had really such a poor year. He was dropped frequently. He was used as a tagger for a bit. Um, and it kind of just stuck. I mean, North Melbourne did not interest me at all to watch football last year, so I didn't catch a lot of him. But um, he must have just been uh, let back off the chain, and he must have just played some good footy to be able to average 83. Um, and it's a matter of, you know whether or not he can he can build on that. That I'm not entirely too sure. But um, if we're looking for a, you know kind of like a mid price option, that's that's probably the best uh, sort of pick there is. I think it was mine too. Defensive mid's always handy. I think just a tad over price is almost better as you mm. just wait and see where he goes at 461. He could definitely break out, but you could find the 50k guys where I'd probably even rather go down to he Shaw than Luke McDonald. I expect to see a little bit increased midfield minutes from him this season too. Um, and look, it wouldn't actually surprise me if he ended up in a couple of teams throughout, you know, at some stage of the year because he, he lifts his game. They're going to see plenty, plenty of ball down back. So, um, but yeah, there's no one really else there. Brett, are you primo? Uh, primo is Todd Goldstein. I think I'm guessing we'll both, all three of us, will run with Goldstein. The pick worries me though. Um, 
two years ago, three years ago, he was pretty much the number one ruck. Last year, we all said run with him. And uh, Braden Preuss comes along and just throws a big spanner in the works. Um, they really do like Preuss, and they're going to play him at times. And I think that just kills the reliability of Goldstein because Preuss can't play anywhere else. He's not this second ruckman that can sort of play forward and then pinch hit. He has to play ruck when he's on the field. And when you put Goldstein up against guys like uh, your cruiser, your rider, those guys will be one out, will have all the time in the ruck that they can possibly get. And I just think the the price to upside is just so limited with our Goldstein. But he is the best option as a premium for me. Gold is mine too. I do think that if his contract wasn't so massive, they would have tried to unload him next year, but they still would have had to front load most of that too. So... Sticking around at North, you can't. They couldn't really dish off Cruz because he'll be the future in that rock rack. Look, if he can get the number one ruck roll back and he can remain injury free, he's a, you know, he's screaming at you. But you can't, you just can't trust that. Um, but there's no one better for North. So Todd Goldstein for me too. Bombs. I did a review of some stats on Todd Goldstein. He's mine now. Sorry, can I just make a, just a comment that he's just absolutely hilarious. North Melbourne have three players in total. Who's starting over the price of five hundred thousand yeah. <laughs> dollars? I'm, so, I'm sorry, but that is just an absolute joke. Um, anyways, uh, and Goldie's the most expensive at five twenty-one. Um, I'm with you boys on uh, on, on Goldie, obviously. Um, and when I was trolling through the stats, as as you know, I like to do. Um, he's obviously had, and, and it's quite obvious that you know when he is the number one rock that um, you know he's he's the man and. Look, uh, I am joking when I say this, but I'm almost praying for a Proust injury because it's just going to solve the nick and that problem, I think. Um, that if, if Proust just went down in, in some sort of accident, JLT or training or something like that, I think Goldstein has got to be borderline, like the biggest lock um, for all of our teams. I don't know what you guys think about that. Not, but, not um, a bad injury, though, just like a real nasty hamstring niggle, you know? Real yeah, bad that, niggle that lasts yeah, that for a while. Yeah, him out for 22 weeks or something. <laughs> That's, yeah. The flu. Um, but like... Yeah, looking at his stats, his stats from 2016. Do you know, you know, his, um, you know, kicks and handballs and marks. It was all quite similar. Like I'm talking incredibly marginally down from 2016 to 2017. And the only difference in the stats was he was down six hitouts a game. Like he was averaging the same amount of touches, same amount of tackles. Um, you know, he only kicked a, a few less goals. Um, his the, the difference in his stats was that he had six less hitouts per game. And those six less hitouts brought his average from 108 down to 95. Have we got efficiency there as well? Oh, I, I, I don't. I don't have uh, I don't have efficiency on me at the moment, but I can tell you what he went at last I reckon, year. I reckon he was a little bit caca last year, so that'd be interesting. Yeah, well, but then again, six hitouts, three of them to yeah. advantage. There's ten to ten to fifteen points. There's yeah, your gap. But but no one but no one hits fifty percent of their hitouts to advantage. I guess like that's the reality. I guess that that's why it's uh you know, trumped me a little bit. Um, but his hit outs to advantage, look, last year was, well, actually, Jesus, uh, it was 9 point, uh, yeah, 9.9. So virtually 10 hit outs uh, to advantage a game was his average. Um, now, I've got his averages as a combined from 2012 to 2016. And from that whole period, and it was fair good between that whole period, but they were at 11. So um, it doesn't say specifically in uh, champion data, so I'll respect us here what it is uh, for year to year. But um, it, uh, gee, I can't imagine it couldn't have been. Look, even if it was a couple, um, I, I guess that's that's your points, isn't it? But um, yeah, it, it's just something that I thought. Gee, six hitouts in a game, like twelve points, like that's a that's a fair big shave. 
Um, and, and we were all critical of him, I think, last year of not doing much around the game, ground or not having much of an influence or just felt like that. But I guess stats-wise, to me, it just kind of like didn't match up, did it? But I guess that's the benefit of Supercoach. I know I bitch and I complained about, you know, uh, scaling and, you know, booster points here or there um, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, his influence certainly on games was down last year, wasn't it? Not wrong there. Not wrong there. It's... Uh... <laughs> Todd Goldstein dilemma will click on and I think it's all going to come down to, to Perusi but if if he get, goes in clean I just don't think he'll be picked I reckon he could become a great little pod I mean he could still do it do we worry he's going to rest up forward more not rest yeah, that's, play that's more forward what's going to happen yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he's a better ruckman obviously but he's going to be the one that misses out and has to he doesn't it. like not playing ruck though that's the other he thing. loves rock. That's the thing, yeah. He's even said. But look that. at where they are. They have to play the young, the younger player. That's just where they're at. All right, outlandish statement of the year, North Melbourne. You brother. Todd Goldstein will drop a hundred thousand dollars and be the number one pick ruckman the year following. <laughs> at a different club. At a different club, yeah. I was gonna say at, at that bit. Yeah. I'm actually pretty salty that North didn't trade him um, because if he was at Same. GWS, gee, we'd be licking our lips right now, yeah. wouldn't we? If if GWS just went and targeted him, oh my all god, the bulldogs. What, a, what a thing that would have been! All the yeah, all the dogs. Um, right, my outlandish statement now. I'm going to relate it to Paul uh, Ahern, right? He is going to be, uh, in terms of dollars made, the the single best cash cow option. So he'll make the most dollars overall from a cash cow. Oh, didn't really think about this too much. Let's go something real freaking crazy. Uh, Todd Goldstein to finish as a top two Ruckman. Not starting him, but that's okay. something real outlandish. It is Plus, outlandish. Hey, it's do, an outlandish. Do we think any North? Do we think any North Melbourne player averages a hundred this year? <laughs> oh no. Oh, pull a hand maybe. I reckon Goldstein is actually the only one who could. I don't reckon any of the rest of them can. So trash. Yeah. It's a, such a. I just don't know what the year's going to look like. Surely they've won the spoon this year. Surely. Oh, country mile, mate. I'd be more surprised if they did. Gold Coast win. aren't great. Nah. North of, north of crap. They'll. they'll <laughs> they won't win a game. Oh, that's your outlandish statement. <laughs> north <laughs> to no, not win a game. North Melbourne will not win a game this year. Oh. Until they win round one. Question times. Uh, Petrarca, breakout year potentially, yes. Yes. It's from Lincoln Beggs. Could you see Ryan Clark having a breakout season? No. Anthony Scorotino. Oh, no. Oh, no. I understand the reasoning. It's just, again, the opportunity factor, but no. I don't even understand the reasoning behind that one. Nah, neither do I. Because he's just yeah. going to play, and he's going to be around the footy. Like Someone's got to score points. It's that thing, no one's going to score 100 per game. Yeah, the op- someone has to get the 3,300. Yeah, I guess. The opposition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, and this year, it's not VC danger. It's VC best player versus North. I can't believe yeah. we almost, this almost slipped too. Um, the JT at 5 Jester. Is Brayshaw worth a punt as a mid-cries risk in defence? Oh, true. How many teams, Corey? No, yes, no, no, and and yeah. I know you're pretty passionate about this, so I'll leave you to it. But make a comment about no, Angus Brayshaw. Just don't pick Angus Brayshaw. Like, honestly, 
Like, I can't... The fact that I see him pop up in so many teams actually makes me sick. Like, all, all fairness to the dude, he could come out and... No, he can't, because he won't stay in the park. It's unfortunate. He'll be arrested. At but, best, he's rested. Yeah, it is really unfortunate. It's really sad, but you can't get concussed that much and then, like, still come out and think you're not going to have a concussion or come back and think that you're going to be an elite midfielder who's going to earn, you know, or an elite defender who's going to score over 100 and earn your cash. I mean, why are you picking him? Like, use the cash and, and spend it elsewhere a little bit better. I just, it doesn't make sense for me. I, I can't, he can't average probably more than 80, 85. And yeah. You'd rather get a rookie average that. 55 than he's, Brayshaw averaging he's 80. Not gonna, he's not going to be used off halfback because the ball's going to be in his hands. He's not an elite ball user. He Why is he a defender? Why is he listed oh, as a no defender, idea. first of all? I have no idea. And then the, my next thing is he's not going to have enough midfield time. Name the midfielders. Viney, Petrarca's going to run through there. Clary. Um, Good Lewis. Lewis. Lewis, yeah. yeah. Lewis is still around. He's not even in their five best midfielders. So where, all of a sudden, do you see... This is people convincing themselves, and this is all it is. It'd be different if he was priced at 120k. And he was going oh, to earn yeah. some cash. He was going to go to three hundred thousand, and then you or even two hundred. You take him at two hundred. I take, take him at two hundred three forty. It's just yeah. It's and it's the constant thing that I see team after team after team almost see someone else do it, and then yet yeah, convince themselves that this is going to happen. It's it's not going to work just because you say it's going to happen doesn't mean it's going to happen. I mean, yeah. you know, good on you. If it, if if you do pick him and it works out well. Uh, we mentioned it last last podcast. The risk first reward. What's in it? Where are we at? Is it you know? Is it going to even itself out if it goes wrong? And it's not. If this goes wrong, you're selling him for two hundred and fifty k at a trade down. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off the Melbourne midfielders for you. Is he better than the following? Clayton Oliver. No. Nathan yes. Jones. No. Jack Pointy. No. No. Possibly. Jordan Lewis. No. Dom Tyson. No. Christian Petrarca. No. I think about some of the other players that kind of run through there as well. You know, we can throw in players like, you know, Salem goes from like halfback, you know, off to a wing. Uh, Alex Neil Bullen runs through there. Uh, Bernie Pintano plays. Is, yeah. is Bernie Vince there? Yeah, he plays in the back line, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, he's just... He's just <laughs> Angus Brayshaw. Uh, look... I think Corey hit the nail on the head when he said that people just see other teams having, so they're like, shit, we've got to have him too because this person must know what they're talking about. The elites know what they're talking about, and the elites say very firmly, do not pick Angus Brayshaw. Yeah. It's like, what do you do running for the first four rounds? And, you know, I'm not making a joke on this, but he has a head clash and may not get concussed, but they're not taking a risk with him. No, they're not. No, he he's he seriously a concussion away from potentially his, his career ending. And because he's not a bad footballer, don't get let's let's. And that's not, why they'll protect him. They'll do everything to protect this. him. He's not a bad footballer. I'm not saying he's a bad footballer, but super coach and football are two different games. That's right. And he's not a good super coacher. He's an excellent footballer, and Melbourne, I reckon Melbourne actually need him there if they want to push for flag. Um, mm. And whether that's this year, next year, or the year after, he needs to be at that club. He needs to be healthy. He needs to be at his best. For, so for me, this year, it's definitely a no. What about the, what about the counter arguments? Like I can see where people are coming from. So you know, we speak about the need to protect him. Melbourne needs to protect him. So what about the conversation that you know that's why he's been sent to halfback? 
Uh, he's been sent to half back so that you know he doesn't feel the urge to run back with the flight or get in amongst the pack or whatever don't, it is. You know that you know yourself. You don't think about that when you're in the heat of the moment. He's mm. he's programmed like Joel Selwood. That's how they're yeah. programmed. It's I will do whatever it takes to win, this, yeah, to win this football for my team. And that is probably one of the greatest attributes you can have as a teammate. And that's why they all love him. So mm. that's not going to protect him. And even if he does go to halfback, you know, we know who's kicking that ball from defence. And it's the man Hibbard, who has Vince, the most... Salem. Hibbard, you know. Your elite ball users. Like, they, they get those stats and those accolades for a reason. You're not going to change that up just because... I don't know, you think that that's where it's going. So for me, I don't want to rattle on about this too much, but it's a big no for Brayshaw. Oh, 100%. And you know what? You said that you it makes you sick when you see teams running with it. It makes me kind of happy to see teams running with him because it, for me, I'm just like, well, I'm beating them on the overall and I'm beating him on the overall. So it makes me quite optimistic that I've got a, a top 1,000 finish in me this year. Yeah, but I can't see anyone in my community, in the our community, in the elite's community. <laughs> the, sorry, the truly elites probably yeah. wouldn't run with him. But yeah, sorry. That's true. Look, anything else that I've missed that we should touch on? Because this has gone for a lot longer than it should have. No, I don't think so. I think no, we let's could. wrap this up. All right, done. Wrap On behalf of us elite, sorry we got so heated at the end, but peace out, community. It's just because we love you. God bless.